Welcome to season two of the Made Up Savannah podcast, a storytelling platform for the greatest city in the world. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. Made of Savannah is brought to you by Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, a progressive, inclusive, multi-generational company serving greater Savannah since 1978. This season, we're proud to welcome our partner, Daniel Reed Hospitality, with iconic, restored landmark locations in historic downtown Savannah, Georgia. The richness of Savannah's restaurant and cocktail scene is a constant conversation among locals and visitors. Daniel Reed is home to some of the most visited and popular concepts in the Hostess City. The Public Kitchen and Bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, Soho South, and magnificent catering and events. Home to the best chefs in the South, award-winning team members from creative to operations, with food and drinks that not only complement every emotion, but also make you fall in love with the moment. Daniel-Reed.com So satisfy your curiosity, fill up your tank, and write home about it. The Public Kitchen and Bar, Artillery, Franklin's, Local 1110, Perch, Soho South. This is Daniel Reed Hospitality. When you stop in, make sure you mention the Made of Savannah podcast. Welcome to the Made of Savannah podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels. I am so crazy excited about this episode. And I'm just going to get right to it, welcoming my very dear friend and colleague, Danielle Wright, who is also the director of marketing here at Cork and Austin Hill Realty and just all around fun gal. Um, Welcome to the show. Finally, ma'am. I know. I know. I twisted both arms Uh and finally got you here. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are. We're going to have a great conversation. You know, it's funny because I, I always talk about like, you know, a lot of times on this show, we talk about everybody's like fun spots in town and you know where they like to go and every single time I'm thinking about you because like you are the resource for where should we go to eat where should we go to drink this cocktail where should I mean you you just know this place in and out how did you get to do that how did you get to know that well I'm when I moved here this is actually my 18th year anniversary of moving to Savannah. I moved here in September of 2005. And I moved here after knowing, after coming to visit eight times before I said, okay, let's do this. So we came, didn't have a job, not good when I'm not working. Mm. So I started working at Starbucks just to have something to do. And with that, I met a bunch of really great people I worked with who introduced me to different things because when I was coming here, my point of contact was the warehouse down on River Street. Oh. We were there a lot. Yeah, that's a cool spot. It was. It was. It still is. I mean, I, we still go every once in a while, but kind of branched away. And then my friends were like, let's try this place. And so we they got me to go to some of the places on Congress mm-hmm. and some of the places in City Market mm-hmm. and just to experiment. And that's before everything in Th- Starling Thomas Square blew up. So right. that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It was just all those places like the Jinx, Boomies. What Boomies wasn't Boomies then. Right. <laughs> it was Creole Reds and the Rail and Social was B B and B. So that's how I got started. And then when they all branched out, I needed to find a home space. So I was going out by myself. Ah. 
And I luckily went to places where I knew the bartenders and the bartenders became friends. So I started going by myself to the rail. And then I started going by myself to social. And ultimately, I found a home at O'Connell's Pub. Right? That's a great spot. And I'm always sad if I don't catch you there. <laughs> like, it's the cutest little place. And if you've never been, go. Because it's just, it's quintessential Irish pub. It really is. And they don't have food. No, they don't have food. But they have great drinks. It's a great atmosphere. And, like, everybody's so nice. And, and just anywhere in Savannah, you think about, like, it's so easy to become friends with the folks that work in hospitality here because it's such a big part of, of what we have going on here. It is. I don't know how many places I go to now, like Savoy and places like that. And then I go to, in my neighborhood, Mooderites and over yonder, that I purposely get to know the bartender's name. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not going to see them that one time. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see them probably the next week. And or if not the next week, the week after. And it's a consistent. So you're like, okay. I'm going in and Dustin's working or going in and Tart or Thomas or someone's working. I know who they are. They know what I drink. Right. I don't have to have a conversation sometimes. I can just sit there and chill out. Right. Right. I love that. And we we have a couple of great spots that we love to go that we just, you know, it makes it if you're if you're going and you know someone there. Like it just makes all the difference in the world. Um, So. I love that you like started your networking career at Starbucks because what a perfect place to do that. And it's interesting. I'm assuming you're talking about the Starbucks here in downtown. 15 years Uh at the one on Broughton Street. That's a hot spot. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, what a great place to sort of get to know everybody. Right. I'm sure that was, that was a really cool experience. It was. And I still see those same customers that I dealt with consistently. I ultimately ended up working a night. I'm a night person. It worked out. My idea was to get people in, get them out, clean up Mm -hmm. and make it great for the next day. Mm -hmm. But with that, you also have a little bit of time where you can talk to people Mm -hmm. and get to know their drinks. But then you get to know them because sometimes they'll sit there and you're out there cleaning and full conversations. Right. And that could be anyone from lawyers to students to homeless. Right. That was a big population there. Yeah. And I mean, you never know who's going to walk in any restaurant, any bar setting, you know, coffee shop down here. I mean, from the celebrities to the mayor to, you know, I mean, it's just it's quite we have quite the diverse crowd. Exactly. I I've uh, served Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth when they came to Starbucks. Mm. I have served the members of the killers when they came in there. Stephen King, who would not say he was Stephen King. But you I, knew. I knew. I was like, you look like. And he just went, shh, shh, And I was like, okay, here you go. <laughs> okay, what did Stephen King order? Do you remember? He, we have had a machine called Clover. So it enabled us to get give rare beans in a automated system that was just heated in air and supposedly makes the perfect blend of coffee, the mm. perfect amount. So he ordered a dark roast and I want to say it was an Ethiopian 
because it had a bit of berry. Wow. To say he ordered that. Good memory, first of all. Mm -hmm. Second of all, totally. I, I picture him doing something like that. Yeah. He's such an interesting guy. Um, so, okay, let's, let's go back a little bit because your, your journey to Savannah was very interesting. And I know that you're a Notre Dame girl. Yes, I am. Um, class of 95. How, how is that being, uh, a a Notre Dame fan with all of these Georgia fans here? There are so many Notre Dame graduates and fans here. We have watch parties at Bowtie Barbecue. Oh, right. Yes. We have both watch parties there. The alumni do. Mm -hmm. I've not been because I can't get to leave my house right. before a certain time on right, Saturdays. Right. But they do that. There's a huge alumni club here. I did not realize we have done things for it was Second Harvest and met there. So it wasn't really a stretch. It's just a matter of meeting them. I walked into O'Connell's the other day. And there was a gentleman with a Notre Dame hat. Immediate, it's a hug. Right. <laughs> it, it was a hug. I was, didn't know this man. Didn't know anything. It was a hug. Doesn't matter. It, it was kind of we were hugging, being sad about the loss. Yes. But right, right. It was, it was great. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's one of the big things about being from Notre Dame. You see, you recognize, and no matter how old you are, no matter what coast you live on, you connect because of that. Because with us, it's always God, country, Notre Dame. Right, right. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny to see how many different schools are represented with fans here. Because again, that sort of uh, just points back to how like diverse this town is. Like, you know, everybody, right. it's, it, you know, but you will definitely know when there's a Georgia game going on. Yeah, no doubt about just it. Just went to one. Yeah, yeah. How'd it, that go? It was was that, that was your first one? That was my first one, yes. And we went to Athens. That was my first one. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It took me till halftime to start cheering because I just looked around. Right. <laughs> was just like, oh, okay. This All is right, interesting. we're gonna do this. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, yeah. we're gonna do that. Like a fish out of water for a yes. second. But but then you it's it was that same kind of camaraderie. Yeah. Where everyone was high fiving, hugging, just complete joy and that effect of there was no boring when things went wrong it was mm. just like oh just so relaxed but when things went great it was just beyond 100 percent. right off the chart <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. that's funny so what did you do at, at notre dame did you study graphic design there i did i i have a bfa with a concentration graphic design I was a sports manager for a little while. I was in a dance troupe for a little while. And I just spent most of my time in the art building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We had an apartment off campus last year, and that was purposely. So if I had to come on campus, I would do work. Right. And I found half of my time was spent on campus right. sleeping in the art building. Of course. Yeah. I, I think I feel like any creative job and and when you're studying too when you're when you're still in school it's so intense i mean you know i think about the i think about scad here and and the programs here it's so intense and i'm assuming it had to be intense at notre dame it was yeah it was um the worst thing that ever happened is i lost my thesis project oh no mid-year oh gosh they say save, save, save. I've seen three times. Yes. Everything was corrupt. 
Oh, gosh. So I had to start over again. And I had to I have to thank my professor, Catherine Pohl, who no longer teaches, but she took time out of her schedule, out of her guest to calm me down because I was not the happiest of campers. Mm, I'm sure. As my studio space proved it, it was not the happiest of campers. How could you be? Good gracious. But she helped me realize I had all the elements. I just had to restart. Right. And I knew, and I taught myself a lot of the things that I'd done. So it wasn't, I wasn't starting with a blank canvas. Right. I was just kind of working from that and recombining, Mm -hmm. which I think it ended up a lot better than what I initially started. Mm Mm-hmm. So I have to be kind of grateful for that. Right. Oh, my God. Kind of a little bit. Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's it's like, okay, you said you were 1995 and, you know, you think about how the graphic design studies and and the world of graphic design has changed since then. I mean, yet you're still like on the cutting edge of it in your career now. You know, have you had to like evolve with from what you learned did. to what's going on today. I did. I started out with design programs. I still had Illustrator. I still had Photoshop, but I had Quark instead of InDesign. Okay, I've heard of that. Yeah. Did not like Quark. Hated it. You can't be a designer without using it. Mm-hmm. So I had to, And when I graduated, I ref- was refusing to use a computer because we were still in the phase where we were freely drawing. Mm-hmm. We would lay it out and just cut and lay it out. By hand, I had to go back to school. Yeah. Because all those programs upgraded and people weren't doing that anymore. So mm-hmm. I went and got my associate's degree. Right. Right after getting my bachelor's. Yeah. So you had to learn. I had to learn. Yep. That's interesting. And I think, you know, I, I would imagine you probably talk to a lot of students here that are learning things in a way like, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but like sometimes when I, when I look at people that, you know, are in media or anything like that from right now and then when i came in you know starting around 1995 to 2000 you know we were still cutting cassette tapes we were still you know there were reel to reels and there was just a very old school kind of thing and you know i'm like hey listen i walked uphill both ways (laughs) (laughs) do you say the same thing to students where you're like you have no idea what we did i do i do i Say you have no idea what it's like to go and create a font by hand mm-hmm. instead of going. And then you put that in and you manipulate it and you trace it out in Illustrator. You have no idea what that's like, but I do. Exactly. I remember it. I enjoyed it to an extent. Yeah. And I'm glad I don't have to do it anymore. Right. I right. really am glad I don't have to do that. I do not have to do it anymore. Um, so speaking of graphic design, uh, just want to make sure everybody knows officially that you are the one responsible for the Made of Savannah logo. Um, it is phenomenal. Everybody loves it. I mean, it, you know, that's what you do. You you are able to make things a part of a brand representative of um, not only a feeling, but also a business and, and tie all of that together and kind of, you know, come up with its own story because like the made up Savannah brand is separate from the Corcoran Austin Hill realty branding, 
yet they're part of the same as well. And and walk us through a little bit of your process to come up with that, because it's a cool logo. So the idea was you sit back and you throw ideas back and forth. You ask, what do you see your vision being and where you want it to go? What is this actually about and what do you want to do? And then you just go from there. I went and wrote down, okay, when I think of this, I think of, when I mean, think of Savannah, I think of this, so mm-hmm. I think of this. How is that going to translate into a logo? Right. There are a lot of things I could have did, but the idea was when I think of Savannah, I automatically think of that bridge when you're coming in because that's what I used to drive here when I came to visit. So that's the first thing I saw mm-hmm. when I came over this way. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you got to include the mics because, yes. I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. That's this what is what doing. we do. Yeah, it's the storytelling piece. It's it's so funny that the the bridge resonated with you so much. I know it resonates with so many people, but it did with me, too, because like. I, you know, when we were visiting for years prior to moving here, every time we would hit that and see that bridge, hit that spot where you could see the bridge before you go over the bridge, it just was like, oh, we're here. Cool. Here we are. And it was like that moment of like, you know, this is Savannah. So that was it's so representative. Exactly. You feel that same way every time I head out to Buford or Hillman Mm -hmm. and I'm coming back. I'm coming home. That's right. Yeah. It gives it's, that there's feeling. nothing like that. Yeah, it totally gives that feeling. Well, everybody loves the the made up Savannah logo, so I'm I'm not sure we can ever tweak it because <laughs> it's just it here it is. Um, so how did you end up in, in real estate uh with marketing and design and, and all of that? I mean, that's so interesting, especially to do it here at Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, I think is interesting. I know you did some stuff before that as well, but, you know, it's so interesting to try to brand, you know, something that may already have a brand and then like try to do something new. And how did you land in the real estate world? Well, I when I was working at Starbucks, it wasn't enough money, to be honest. Mm -hmm. It was great, but it really wasn't enough to kind of get ahead. Mm -hmm. And I saw this ad for a weekend concierge for Corbett, Corbett Thomas. Right. So I applied, it was just the weekends. And all I did was sit there on the weekends, answer the phone, Mm -hmm. uh, talk to my floor duty agent if they were there. If not, it was just me. And that's all I did. And then I picked up, well, we need someone to step in occasionally on the weekday and also in our property management. Mm -hmm. So I started that. And so I was picking up, days there still working i said starbucks those were really long days oh gosh no i don't miss it i don't miss it at all and also picked up a third job oh wow (laughs) at a a bead store excited like making jewelry right so i was doing all that and still just doing going going and by that time our, our vice president here uh stephanie wilson evans her and two other realtors had started their own company and i happened to have been walking into work and I got called into the office and I thought I did something wrong. Right. <laughs> I was like, what did I, did I forget to schedule your showing? What did I do? Am I in trouble? Am I in trouble by you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really think you should be talking to me. You should go there. And they were, and then they asked me, would you consider moving? And how much do you get paid? Would you consider moving? Blah, 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 blah. I thought about it. Mm-hmm. I don't really like to leave jobs. Sure. 
I'm that person. That's why I end up with three. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't like to burn bridges. No, no, I don't. Of course. But ultimately, it was the best decision because I could work a normal nine to five. And then my evenings were spent at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And that was fine. And then I was only working weekends at the bead store. Mm. And the bead store closed. I still had those two jobs. So it was fine. And then all of a sudden, we heard, I heard that we were merging with Austin Hill. Mm-hmm. And I knew Austin from CBT time. So I was just like, okay, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Get to work with Austin and get to work with Jesse. I know a couple of other people. Right. I could do that. And then I came. I, it was, and it was during the pandemic, during shutdown. Oh, wow. Kind of during shutdown. I didn't realize that. Uh, and I had went into their office on Whitaker just to get to know people and get a feel. And I met Elena and I met, saw Jesse again. And it, I was like, this could work. And so we came back, we moved here. That's when I started branding Austin Hill Realty, mm-hmm. re- changing it so it suits all all of us, all yeah. new, the new and the old. Yeah, you really had to merge a lot of things, which is what? so interesting exactly. when you've got two strong people, personalities, two strong branding ideas and things and trying to come up with. You basically had to like birth a new child. Exactly. <laughs> it was a lot of emailing, a lot of printing out, mm-hmm. a lot of printing out. And just this is what it's going to look like printed out. Some of us are better with visual than we are with looking on the screen. And yeah. I've learned that. Yeah. I'm also learned to save things each step. Right. So that if they would say, we want to go back, I already have it. Exactly. It's fine. No, traumatic memories from the thesis situation, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, real estate is is such an interesting, um, an interesting career here in the Savannah market because I feel like, you know, it's so needed. So many people want to live here. So many people love being here. And just like, the both of us, so many people visit and visit and visit and they're like, okay, I got this, got to live there. Right. Um, and, and, you know, this is such a big company, it is. you know, to do real estate with here. And so you've got a lot, it's, it's a, it's a 24 hour day operation, really. It is. It never stops. It doesn't. Yeah. And so, you know, let's talk a little bit about the the size of the company. I mean, first of all, you're also, uh, you know, helping the agents. You know, there's also that going on. And there's the marketing and there's promotion and there's advertising and there's branding. You know, it, you still have about 19 jobs, don't you? I do. But it's great that each step I have a relationship with someone. Mm-hmm. In terms of advertising, I have a relationship with the person I have to contact there in terms terms of marketing and product and things like that. I have a relationship with that person. And that's the best thing ever is that you can just reach out. There's no, still a little bit of professionalism, but it's like, hey, happy Friday. It's awesome. How are you doing? Things like that. Not just good day, sir. Mm, May right. I please have this? <laughs> it's not that it's not no and along with that i also help out with the gallery here which is a high point for me yeah and that's the gallery is huge i mean you know there is always something going on with location gallery and and i'd love to talk a little bit about that too but i mean there's i feel like you know there's never a dull moment around here we're 
our studios are located in inside the building here at 251, you know, uh, Bull Street. And then we also have the location gallery. We also have the this is the hub for real estate. Um, so I just I feel like you've, you've got a hand in all of that, which I'm sure you enjoy. I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. What's your favorite part about working with location gallery? Meeting all the artists. Yeah. And getting to know them in a friend level. Mm hmm. You see them on the street, it's a hug, it's a conversation. It's not like, okay, I can't talk to you. Right. I don't know who you are. Right. Just getting to know that when I see the work and when it comes in and how it progresses and it's like crossing your fingers, hoping it sells because it goes through that charity. Mm -hmm. That's what I love. I love the openings. I love conversations with them when they come inside. Yeah. Yeah. And the public loves it. I mean, you know, it's always well attended. You know, yes. there's all, every time there's an opening, you know, I think the community comes out and really supports art here and really supports new artists. Yes. And then you, you're right. You've got the charity piece that just yes. adds a whole nother element, you know, and every single time there is a charity tied to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think one of the best things about it is that you don't know who's coming to an opening. Mm -hmm. There are so many times that it's that one person that did what I did just comes out by themselves. Mm -hmm. Somehow I'm the person that ends up talking to that person. Right, right. And I get to know them on a friend level. We exchange numbers. Sometimes we connect. Sometimes we don't. But at least I'm going to remember them the next time. And they're going to be more willing to come back because somebody like you guys is post say puts out the welcome app for mm -hmm. them. That's right. And makes them feel at home. It yeah. makes them feel like, okay, I can do this. I I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's all what we all look for is that place to be like, I could be I'm pretty cool here. Yeah. I can, I can do this again. Yeah, that moment of connection. And I feel right. like I feel like every for the most part, everybody here in Savannah is really good at that. You True. know really like putting out the welcome mat because otherwise we would all be unsouthern. <laughs> it would not be right uh, it, exactly if we did not put out a welcome mat especially in savannah well, you know you think about the history of savannah it it has been a welcoming place for everyone for a long time right you know just saying hey you can come here i feel like there's never a time when people are like you know, I'm sure there's here and there, you know, uh, local people who are like, no more visitors. But <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, yes, come enjoy, enjoy what we have. Yeah. And I've learned that you take that first step. When I first moved to my current neighborhood, I purposely went across the street and introduced myself to my neighbors. Mm -hmm. Same thing when the kids moved next door or on the other side of me, I introduced myself. We ha I had one guy who just moved next door. He's a student. He said, I'm not used to living, having neighbors. I'm like, well, you have one now. That's right. I'm DDL. If you need anything, just knock on the door. That's it. That's it. That's the lifestyle here. Yeah. And it's a good one. I mean, it, it really is. I want to talk about your jewelry before we get yes. too far away, because that is something that I am just, I mean, I'm always impressed with everything you do and all the hats you wear, but that, is, I mean, you are really good with the jewelry. How well, did, how did you, you get into that? I started out, surprisingly enough, with seed beads. I love Native American peyote jewelry. I became obsessed with it, but I wasn't willing to sit down and make the patterns. Mm -hmm. 
but I could do the patterns in necklaces, like little small seed beads necklaces, and each one had a pattern. It was just like, oh, they're like, you actually sat and laid all those little beads out. Mm -hmm. I was like, yes, I did. I did. Mm -hmm. And then I got away with that. and I got to bigger pieces. And before I moved here, I surprisingly worked at a bead store in Cincinnati. Oh, wow. And they taught me a lot of the things that I learned, like to tie off wire, or I love to hand knot. It hurts after oh. a while, but it's an amazing accomplishment to just go and just do the knots and make it, make every little piece counts. And there's a little bit of you that goes in each bead. Oh, I am yeah. a bead snob. Mm hmm. Because I only use semi-precious gemstones and things like that. I am that way. I've tried Swarovski's. They're not, I'm not a fan. Right, right. I really, really am not a fan. But I will if someone wants them. And really, if we're buying jewelry from a fabulous designer, don't we really want them to be a bead snob? Yes. I feel like we do. <laughs> Come on, right? I'm a bead snob <laughs> and a finding snob. I oh. am ridiculously selective when it comes to all that I stuff. I love that. It's, it's, I used to wait to do buying trips when I went back to Cincinnati. I don't go as often. And my friend doesn't own the beat store anymore. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I just don't do it. I've learned that I find, get a lot of my stuff from Etsy because I have particular people I buy from right. because I've dealt with them. Right, right. And my beads... I have taken train rides to Charleston. Wow. Because I realized I have to physically touch the gemstones mm -hmm. to know if they're the right fit for me to carry home, to put them in something, and I can envision it that yeah. way. Yes, ma'am. That is the exact kind exact. of people we want to buy. Yes. We want to buy art from is someone who goes to that length. Exactly. You know, to so make I it right. went from seed beads to huge necklaces <laughs> to brass earrings because it becomes all about nature mm -hmm. and things like that i go from that those points it's it was that was a great development right there to stop at that now don't get me wrong i really would love to do peyote stitches now because i have the time right i have the space but do I really want to tie myself down and sit and just be like, oh, because <laughs> it's time consuming. It's time consuming. Yeah. 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 It yeah. Is. Where can everyone see your see your jewelry most of the time? Most of the time I will have a pop up here in mm -hmm. location gallery. I don't know if that's going to happen this year because I cannot get myself together to create. Mm. Because again, you're an artist. I am an artist. It, you can't pump it out all Ex the time. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So my goal is by the beginning of next year is to start doing more vendor shows and markets mm -hmm. because that's where it starts. And I'll do some here and I'll travel. I have a list of different shows I want to do. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of getting the product to do so. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, so... If it's okay, we'll link your Instagram because you do put pictures up I there. I do. I have um, pictures of yeah. my items on there. I have pictures of a necklace that mm -hmm. I put in the hospice auction yeah, last year. Right. I have a lot some the earrings I've put in the show here. Mm -hmm. uh, some necklaces I've made for individuals. I swiped some of those earrings for my girl. I remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. I remember those earrings. She loves them. Wears them like at yes. least once a week. <laughs> Love it. I mean, it's just beautiful. You do beautiful work. Thank you. Really, you. And really I guarantee do. if you have any issues, right. you know where to find me. 
That's right. Yeah. It may take me a second to get it back to you. So I say, just leave it. I leave it here. I'll bring my tools here. Yeah. And I'll just do it and be like, here you go. Again, that's the kind of person you want to be buying yeah. jewelry from. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, when did you get into jewelry when you were, how old were you when you got into that? I was 14. Oh, wow. I was 14. That's cool. So you've had, you've had some time to craft. I, I Yeah. Yeah. I'd have. I, when I was, before I got into graphic design, I would paint, I would sketch, I would do jewelry. I love graphic design, but I think kind of graphic design took a the computer kind of took a little that some little skills away, like sure. the painting. Yeah, and the sketch. I'm slowly getting back to sketching because I sketch out all my pieces now, mm -hmm. which is helpful. And I sketch out the things that I'm going to create on the computer before I do it. I was like, "This is a great idea. Let's sketch this out. Yeah, Let's see it before I can implement it." Absolutely. Yeah. I think those of us who did walk uphill both ways uh, in yeah. the snow. Uh, with no shoes, I think we still like to have, you can't ever get rid of that like foundational old school element, exactly. uh, you know, where, cause it just, it, it's just part of how you learned your talent. It's like getting rid of newspaper. Yes. I can't imagine myself not opening a newspaper right. and hearing that noise and I smelling know. it and I seeing know. the ink on my hands. Yes. I can't. I yeah. tried. I tried the digital. It doesn't. It's not that fulfilling. It's same with books. It's I know. Just, same with me. I, I There's nothing like turning the page no, or no. footnoting it so yeah. you go back. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry, mom, about the Kindle situation. She bought me a Kindle and I just, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Like, I tried. I couldn't I do it. I bought my mom a Kindle and she said she was going to try it. Yeah. It's, she's the same way. It works for some people. But yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. It's interesting that you got into doing all of that at such a young age, especially since you've just recently only turned 21. Right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad I'm not 21. Uh -huh. I do not remember that time. <laughs> well, I can't first of all, do you want to say what you just, turned? I just turned 50 in August and no one in the world believes it. by they the way, don't. no one. You know, no one. I have friends say I'm lying and then I have to show them my ID. Of course you do. And then I say how to fake it. I was like, I can't fake a hologram. Trust me, I've tried. <laughs> we'll be putting a photocopy of your ID on the show. No, we don't. I'm just kidding. But, um, so how was how was the big 50? That's that's quite it a page to turn. was beyond amazing. My family here, because this is what Gorkhanasana Hill is. It's one of my families. Mm hmm celebrated me and I have never felt so loved with yeah. it's not even the gifts. It was just that people showed up and that was an amazing thing. Then I had a great dinner and then my pub family, of course, were all in it and all there to be. We, we, we had Mexican here. We had Mexican there. Oh, wow. And that's it what was, happens when everybody knows you love Mexican. Exactly. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I had Mitch's husband call ahead of the restaurant to make sure that we could get in and everything like that. Cause I was like, I'm trying to call and let them know there are people showing up. He's like, do you want my husband to text? I said, yes, <laughs> please text Juan and say we're showing up. That's and right. Juan and the people at Jalapenos were great. Yeah. At, I can't complain. And then I had an amazing dinner at 45 Bistro later in the week. I I cannot have asked for a better day. Right. Yeah. You know, right. It, it to feel that cared about and that loved is one of the best feelings in the world. And I hope 
everyone feels that way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what what's your big, uh, I just turned 50 advice to everyone. Do you have advice for people of like, all right, what did 50 show you? It's okay to make it all about yourself. Mm. It is. I love that. After giving and giving and giving, it's okay to take that moment and make it those moments and just make it about yourself. Nice. I love that. It's not being selfish. It's honestly, it's self-care. Yes, that's right. It's absolute self-care to be able to say, you know what? I need to take a moment. I need to go to dinner by myself. Mm -hmm. I need others to leave the house and me enjoy the silence. Sure. Need to be in a, even if it's in a bubble bath, close the door, you're there for an hour mm -hmm. and you're just there. Even if you're not in the tub, you're just, just sitting there. <laughs> right. I've done that. Uh, <laughs> I've yeah. done that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay. They call it a restroom for a reason. Exactly. People. You need to rest. Exactly. Or taking those walks. Like I, sometimes I enjoy walking in and I live a mile and a half away mm -hmm. and putting headphones on and just looking at my surroundings and I go different routes. It's not just always one route, it's different routes. Mm -hmm. So that you can remind yourself that you're here and what incredible things you're, you're surrounded by and that you are one of those incredible things that it's in this atmosphere. Right, right. And I think people need that. Yeah. So it's okay to be about you mm -hmm. and present. Exactly. I feel like, you know, that's something that, uh, you know, I've seen from you recently is just like how present you're trying to be in every situation. And I, I think that's such great advice to give people of like, be present, like exactly. look at where you're at, exactly. what you're doing. Yeah. Because you, if you, if not, you tend to miss out on things. Mm. And life goes by so quick to it really not does. realize, oh, wow, if I take it, taking that brief moment to just breathe mm -hmm. and enjoy and smile or sit in a corner and laugh to yourself. Right. Because <laughs> for no apparent reason, I do that You're a very lot. good at that. I, was I do say, that a lot. You're pretty known for that. Um, <laughs> I do that a lot. I, I, I attribute that to not looking 50 is I sit and laugh at everything <laughs> at the rest of us thinking about Botox. And whatnot. <laughs> oh, I definitely sit and laugh at that. <laughs> How can you not? Of I'm course. just like, Oh, then I hear stories. I'm like, okay. well, I was like, thank you, grandma. That's right. <laughs> I love that. Um, one of the things I also, uh, among the 252,000 things I love about you, one of the things I also love about you is how involved you are in nonprofit organizations in our community. Would you like to mention a few of the ones that, that you're involved in? Absolutely. I have been with Safe Shelter for a while. I'm thinking going on about five years now. Would you give a little background of what they do for those who don't know? Safe Shelter is just the Center for Domestic Violence. So they provide shelter for women, children, and men too. Mm -hmm. If not in their own in the shelter, then in hotels. They provide you to be get that lawyers to help you get TPOs. They provide you when you step out of the shelter and go into your own that kind of, you still have that outreach, but they help you set you up with things to start new and fresh and give you a fresh start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Important work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of 
one of my passions. Right. That is one of my passions. I am also involved, not as much as I would love to be, Habitat for Humanity. Oh, yeah. So good. I love a work day. I love going to work on the houses. Mm -hmm. I was volunteering at the Habitat store, but there's nothing like going on a build. That's amazing. That's pretty sweet. And I learned that from when I was in college. I participated in the Jimmy Carter work camp where you build a house in mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. First house done. We're overachievers. Right. <laughs> we are so overachievers. <laughs> like we would stay when people left. Yes. Yes. And we were first house done. We were also the last people to leave because somehow our person messed up the time and we were out cleaning the prairie. Oh, no. We were in South Dakota. Oh, wow. It was great. I, that what got my love of doing that, got my love of building homes, got my love of homes mm -hmm. and seeing starting from the ground up, being involved in putting the shingles on and the siding and the cabinets and everything. Yeah. And then seeing someone's face when they enter their first home. Right. There's nothing like that. Yeah. Being able to gift that to someone who we all deserve to have the the shelter the safe right. place the exactly you know and being able to be a part of saying yes, yes. this is yours <laughs> is pretty powerful it's pretty powerful and i've also been passed on work for a man's house which is the homeless food bank over here on brian's at brian square and they provide showers and breakfast and lunch they don't provide dinner because they can shut down, but and laundry services mm. and different for anyone who comes up and waits in line. I've participated in their soup and their big soup bowl where they have ceramic artists create bowls. Oh, and yes. They do, I've heard that. Of that. I've, I've yes. helped with that before and I've donated items for that. I've also, like I said, through Notre Dame, uh, helped with second harvest through jason here mm -hmm. helped with all the things he does yes and he does a lot mm -hmm. same with andrew yeah things like that the person who got me involved with safe shelter was stephanie mm -hmm. and i've kept going ever since yeah that's amazing and, and really i mean that's it's at the heart of of so much of what we do here at cork and austin hill realty right. is you know, giving back to the community in every way possible, but not just monetarily. It's really about being there exactly, and being present with what's going on, seeing the needs and saying, you know, no one here is, is, is scared of getting their hands dirty, exactly. you know, and getting in and doing work. And that just, that, that shows all around here. I feel like. Yeah, exactly. I think um, also for the love of pause. Oh yeah. Which Maybe a once a year event, but it's a big thing. It, it, it is. I love it. I love I love how big of a deal um, all of that is and being part of the, the needs in the community, um, not only for the people, but also for the pets around right. here. We're big pet people. Yes, I am a dog mom. Yes, yes. And you're wait, what's your dog's name again? Milo. Milo. That's right. Adorable Sweet face. Baby Milo. Yes. Yes. Loves people. Not necessarily other animals, right? But loves people. <laughs> we can't have all the, the great characteristics. All of I us know. can't have all the things. You have all the things, but we, the rest of us can't have all the things. Mama takes care of it all. So. <laughs> That's what's important. Um, well, we'll link in our show notes uh, to the to the nonprofits that you mentioned, too. That way people want to find out more about those and, and find out how they can be a part of those. 
Um, it seems weird to ask you if you have a favorite restaurant in Savannah, but because because I know you have so many. I do. Are you allowed to publicly say because everybody knows you? And so you, are you allowed to have a favorite? Will someone get mad at you if you admit your favorite right now? I have. OK. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the type of food. It really does. Mm -hmm. If we're thinking in terms of fine dining, right. I have a toss up between 45 Bistro and Common Thread. That's right. I, I remember you I telling me. I can walk Common Thread. It's amazing service. The food has been on par every time. I've only been to the gray one, so I can't say it's been consistent. And uh, when I go back again okay. next month, I can let you know. Right. <laughs> but definitely 45 Bistro has been, if not every week, every other week thing for me to go to because I thoroughly enjoy just sitting at the bar. Yes. Having a nice filet, having a carpaccio, having a glass of wine and just the atmosphere there is amazing. It is. It is great atmosphere. I've been to yeah. the bar. Um, I have not eaten there yet, but I keep saying that's on my list to do because it is something you talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, we have to eat there. Um, it's a great atmosphere. There's yes. so many great restaurants. There are so many great restaurants. So many. Yeah. And we used to, I don't know how we afforded this at the Starbucks. We used to go to a different restaurant every month. Oh, wow. Depends on. So I've been to local 1110. I've been to, I've not been to the Elizabeth's, unfortunately. La Scala wasn't around then. But we would make a point of going to a different restaurant, no matter where it was. Alligator Soul. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter where it was, just so we could experience it. Mm-hmm. That was our tip money for the week, right? For the month, but <laughs> it was so worth that. I was gonna say, yeah, if worth for the experience alone. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of miss that, but I found my niches. Uh huh. And I will venture out every once in a while. I'll be like, okay, well, it's not as good as forty. Right. But I can still go back. That's right. <laughs> you you have the bar to compare the the you've set the bar yes. to compare it to. Yes. Um and that's that's hard to Absolutely. that's hard to that's hard to beat. Um do you have a well again besides O'Connell's. Okay. Do you have a favorite bar spot right now? If I'm not at O'Connell's, I'm at Boomies. If I'm not at Boomies, I'm at Savoy. Yes. If I'm not at Savoy, I'm at Over Yonder. And if you're not at Over Yonder, something's wrong. Yes. If you're not at any of those places, <laughs> something's wrong. And Over Yonder is in the neighborhood mm -hmm. and I can just walk. It's great. We did, my boyfriend and I did a neighborhood tour mm -hmm. where we started from our house and we just hit every spot <laughs> until we hit Arsley Station right. in the garage. Yes, yes. And I, this is something that... If you live in Thomas Square, you should do. Right. It. I mean, I don't live that far from Hoptomica, so I just walk around the corner and we're like, okay, we're going to be here. All right, we'll go over here. Right. And we'll go over here. Just keep walking. Yes. It was hot, but it was still an experience. And I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed something like that. Mm -hmm. And I really want to do it again. Yeah, that's the way to get to know yes. everything is to sort of make it a little tour of your of your neighborhood. And, and our ultimate goal was the garage and we ended up there. I still haven't been to the garage. Uh, that I'm excited the, to go. It's it's small but mighty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I hear that a lot. People talking about it that way. Like it's like, all right, you, you'll think when you when you get there, it's not a lot, but it is it's, a lot. It's a lot. <laughs>
<laughs> and then imagine like once the jinx is done, it's going to be across the street. Right. There you go. And then you have the gentleman who owns Ariana opening a place at the corner of 37th Price mm-hmm. in, the, in the old gas station. Right. Imagine all those things coming into your neighborhood. Yes. You're going to have to do several new tours. I am. <laughs> with all these new places. I know. <laughs> They're like, where should we go? I was like, where neighborhood do you want to go to? Right, 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 right. Oh, that's so good. Um, well, Danielle, you're always the resource. We'll put, um, I don't even know if we can fit all the links to these places <laughs> that we've mentioned in the show notes. We'll figure it out. Okay. Just reach out. I'll, we'll t- I'll tell out. everybody. You'll be like, just reach out to me. I'll be like, like, okay. By the end of it, just call her. Just yeah. call Danielle. Just call. Where should I eat? What do you want to eat? <laughs> what are you in the mood for? Um, you do such a great job with everything here. You're you're such a, a talented individual. And, and Savannah is much, much better for having you here. Oh, so thank you so much. Thank you for doing this show with us. Now, let's go have that drink at O'Connell's. Yay! Right? <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. Thank you. So go ahead and share this podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, area business owner. You get the picture. If you have an intriguing Savannah story to tell or know someone who does, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Made of Savannah. You can subscribe on any of your favorite platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and many more. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out.